right, everybody, we're back for another episode of the Friday Night Mics podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lanik, and with me is Sarah. Hey, guys. So this week, uh, we'll be covering the next episode of Friday Night Lights. It's season one, episode seven, and is titled Homecoming. Yes. And I 100% thought this would be about a dance. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, you know, homecoming dance and all that stuff. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So not really it. Um, it obviously, you know, having seen the episode, it refers to the uh, the homecoming football game. Of course. Yes, of course. So... Um, but there's a lot of a lot of big big moments in this episode, and uh, they really, as we were, well, Sarah and I were talking before we started, you know, recording. Um, and we didn't really talk too much. We just said, you know, this episode felt very heavy, and yeah. it was very heavy. Um, and I just said that I, you know, had a lot of things that you know I wanted to talk about uh, regarding this episode. Um. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is uh, the the uh, the character of um, Lucas. Oh, so hate, hate, hate. All right, so so we get introduced to this guy, right? And it appears uh, that he was kind of the big man. He basically was Jason Street before Jason Street. It was Jason Street. You know, he was the big man uh, in school. He was the rocket arm quarterback. Uh, he was uh, a guy who seemed to be destined for really great things. You know, he was the one going to, like, the big college who recruited him, all this stuff. And in the beginning of the episode, you know, he's talking to, to Coach Taylor. They're kind of all at this, you know, big celebratory remembering the, the great football team of, of the past and uh, it's kind of this big deal. And they're kind of just standing around talking and he he mentions that he's, you know, back in, I believe, the Dallas area and that he works for an insurance company. <laughs> um, you know, like a big, it's like he's making that to be like a really big deal. Yes. And as we find out, he he doesn't have a job at all. Yeah. Right? I called bullshit the second he says I own an insurance agency. I work in insurance. It takes, like, years of schooling to be able to run an insurance business. Yeah. But, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess since you have the inside knowledge, you can, you can, you can really call it from the get-go. Oh, you cut yeah. out. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Oh, there you are. Okay. Hmm. That was weird. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, since you have the inside knowledge, <laughs> you know, you definitely have the, the down low on what it takes to actually do that. Yeah, you know? I, could, I could smell something was fishy from the get-go with him. <laughs> well, his story is really just sad, is what it, it is. It is sad. It in And I think with this this episode was about was partly partly it was I think it was about shattered dreams and I think the inability to move on and figure out who you are when those dreams kind of don't work out. And I think in the case of Lucas that really stands out because 
as I was saying, I was originally describing him here, you know, he was the big guy. He went off to college. Well, it turns out he lost a scholarship. He flunked out of school, uh, quit, quit college. And to be quite honest, I think he was, he was coddled. He was, um, he never was forced to mature. He was never forced to grow up. He was never, because, it, you know, you think about it. When he was in school and he was the big guy, he was handed everything, you yes. know, as an athlete. And he went to college and, you know, at that point he probably actually had to work a little bit. You know, he's now suddenly working at college. He's now surrounded by all those athletes that were him at other schools. And he obviously didn't put the work in and he's paying for it now. But he hasn't moved on. He doesn't, no. even, he doesn't even know who he is. And it's just... It's a sign of a, a lot of the guys that are on this team. He is what these guys will be. Yes. And Tammy says it best is that that town just idolizes the high school football players and raises up like their hopes and expectations to think that life will just be as glamorous as it is in high school. But once you get out into the real world, you know, everyone is once you get into like a uh, college, everyone is exactly like you and you have to do better than them. Like, it's just not real. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, when you're in school, when you're in high school, right, the best way I've ever heard it described, um, is, say you're the big, you're the big fish in school, right? Yeah, you're the big fish in a fishbowl. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, say you're like this giant fish in a fishbowl, wow, you're really impressive, but then they dump that fishbowl into a lake, and it's a big diff- it's a different story when you know there's a ginormous amount of big fish in that lake yes it it it's an entirely different you know experience and you've got to find your way and figure things out and kind of survive and some people don't and some people do and and i think in his case he simply just wasn't one of them no he definitely got out into the real world didn't know what to expect and when reality hit him he just fell on his face yeah, what did you think about him, like, I mean, basically begging Eric for a job in that diner? When I saw the scene, I thought he was quite genuine, you know, he was being completely honest with Eric, but later on, when Eric tells him that there's nothing he can do, he's he's like Voodoo was, he wasn't, like, there's no humbleness or anything, that he wasn't even grateful that he stuck his neck out or anything and tried to find him a job, he's just flat out rude about it. Yeah. It's such a shame, too, because, you know, this is a guy who's trying to turn back time, and I don't think there's a scene in the episode that points more to this than when they're at practice, and it's the end of practice, and Smash is like, hey, let's see what you got left in that arm of yours. Yeah. And, you know, this is like, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds sounds awful, but this is probably the best moment he's had in years. Truly, you know, it is because he's standing. He's, he's literally back where he dominated. This is back when he where he shined. Yes, it's and, where he was best at and most comfortable. And so, yeah, I mean, he's standing there, rifling passes it. You know, starstruck. Uh, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids, and you know, it, it's just one of those things that it makes you. It, it just makes you kind of almost brings a tear to your eyes to know that 
this is the best his life will ever be. This is the best moment. This moment here that he just had will probably be the best moment he's had in quite some time. And it'll be the best moment he has in quite some time, most likely. Yeah, until he figures out what he can do with his life. Exactly. What do you do after high school? What do you do when the magical run of being the king of the school is is over? Yeah. You know? There was a funny line. It has nothing to do with Lucas, but um, when they're throwing the balls, um, the second assistant coach is talking to the recruiter guy, Hunt, and he says, like, nice hands, and the other guy says, soft as a T.O. on a hooker. <laughs> I wrote that down. I, I wrote that down. That was my favorite line of the episode because I just thought it was absolutely... It just came, yeah. out, it just came out of nowhere. I know. I almost didn't catch it, and I'm like, did he just say hooker? And I, like, rewinded it, and I'm like... It's a Tijuana hooker. <laughs> it just, yeah, it was just, I, I remember because I heard it too and I'm like, that is hilarious. I, I didn't even remember <laughs> that line and I just like, I had to write this thing down because I just thought it was that funny. Yeah, um, it was just a little small little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, so yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> Odd thing to say around high school kids, but sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so uh, I want to get, I want to get into the, our, our, hard on moments uh, early because I think it's going to really lead into some other um, aspects that we got, we have to talk about anyway. Um, I think it's probably the same for us both. <laughs> okay. Well, probably. So my hard on moment for the uh, episode was uh, the speech and Tim giving Jason the football in the locker room after the game was over. That was mine. Oh, not mine. But okay. yeah, I completely agree with you though, that that, it was quite a touching moment. Okay, so okay, so um, I'm just gonna talk a little bit first about why I like that that scene so much. Um, there is just a lot of honesty in that scene. I mean, look, you can see the frustration on Jason's face. You can see so much going on behind the eyes. There, you know, on one hand, he he wants to be there so badly. He wants to be there actually celebrating with the team like as like someone who's jumping around and, and just got part of, you know, has been part of a, a wig win that night. Um, and then, of course, you know, he's looking at Tim and he's probably wrestling with the fact that he's proud of Tim for having such a great game, but he's pretty sure he's been sleeping with his, his girlfriend. Yeah. So what do you, you know, there's, there's forces are struggling, but yet at the same time, for all his faults, there's one thing that you can't fault him for, and that is, he is who he is, and he always says what he means. He's always honest about what he's saying. Now, sometimes what he's feeling and what he's saying aren't always the best things in the world, maybe, uh, but as he's standing there in the locker room, he's literally looking at Jason and he's saying, this is for you. You're my brother. You're the best friend I have I have in the world. You're everything. And he means every word of it. And it's such a touching... You can see like the look on Eric's face. Like it, it, it touches him to see this being, you know, displayed between these obviously two guys who mean a lot to each other. Yeah, it was lovely. Just... I definitely teared up a little bit. When Jason goes onto the field and that moment, it was just like, your heart warms through it. Yeah. 
And I'm guessing that the the moment that got you was the moment that was uh, him leaving the team on the field? No, it was the very end. Okay, okay. We'll talk about that, though. <laughs> okay, we'll get to... Okay, I mean, if you want to hold off, we can hold off and do yours here in a, in a while. Because um, that, that is a big moment. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, this, this moment was huge, like the moment I was talking about. And then, of course, there's also the uh, the moment where Jason breaks through um, the banner when the team's yeah. going on the field. And... and one of the things I love about this show is that they get the details right, right? See, on a lesser show, they would have just had Jason wheel himself out there, no problem. But they did something, and if you go back and you look, see, and they did it with the football uh, in the locker room, right? Right now, Jason can't use his hands very well still. Yes, I wrote that down too. <laughs> and so he's wheeling himself with his f- clenched gnarled fists yeah and he grabs the football with his clenched gnarled fists that's details that lesser shows would have just they wouldn't even pay attention to it yeah i wrote down like watching him through this episode his hands are always like perfectly clenched up like that's just amazing acting and detail like even when he breaks through that um banner his hands are still clenched and i thought it was just wonderful details yeah, and and so of course him breaking through the banner was, you know, the crowd was silent, and you know, then they made the announcement that you know, that Jason was here as the special uh, team captain uh, for the night, and you know the look on his face is just pure appreciation, and at the same time, pure agony, all at the yeah. same time, and it, it's it's such a heavy moment because it you know it's been seven episodes now into the season and it's just it's been long enough that when he comes back now it's such a huge emotional you know roller coaster moment for everybody yeah that uh, it's two months later and people have just kind of not forgotten about jason but they've just kind of moved on a bit with the season and then, you know, to have him come back out, like, and having him be strong and he's recovering and everyone to remember that he's still a part of that team. It was just great. Yeah. So, so, um, let's, okay. So the, the hard on moment with him and Jason, it was kind of a, a big deal. Um, and G- and uh, Tim had this really, really big game. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Tim this, this episode, because, Tim, at least, you know, right now appears to be undergoing a little bit of a transformation. Yeah, so, quite a bit. Yeah, uh, so we saw it the last episode, last couple episodes, or well, yeah, this last episode where, you know, last episode Jason calls Tim, uh, tells him to get his butt over there, and essentially gives him like, okay, basically just says, hey, um, grace period's over, you know, you need to be here for me, da da da, okay, and. And he starts doing just that, and then they have that whole road trip thing, and everything uh, appears to be going well, and da-da-da. Anyway, so we go to this episode, and Tim, first of all, quits drinking. Okay, that's a pretty big deal. Okay. Yeah, and Lila reams him out for drinking in the beginning, 
And she says, are you drinking already? You're drunk already at seven. And I couldn't tell if it was the afternoon or the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a, a big deal because we know that he, you know, he likes to drink and he's got an older brother who likes to drink too. And so the kind of enablers for each other, while certainly the older brother enables, uh, enables Tim, but why is Tim not drinking anymore? Right? Yeah. Cause Lila kind of points out that it's not charming or anything. It's pathetic and that she felt sorry for him and you can just kind of see that broke him. And I think that's, the moment that is definitely the moment he decides to change that around it no it's true and you can see it It, and this to me is such a big deal because tyra could never could never have done the same thing tyra would not have inspired him to stop right but lila did and lila is the one who is uh creating these changes in Tim. He quits drinking. Now what? Tim's out running in the morning? Yeah. He's he's like got headphones on and he's just powered through a run and he gets back and he's like all like sweaty and all that and and uh you know Tyra and, and his brother are there and they're kind of talking and everything. But you're like, what the hell? Like where'd this come from, right? Like who is this guy? But yeah, he's changing it around. He's changing it around. And so we move through the episode and it's Tim that has the huge the huge game. Not not Smash. It's Tim who saves the day, saves the game, ends up, you know, just essentially taking over. Alright? And it's I guess you could say that a good portion of the credit for that goes towards the fact that he probably wasn't half hung over going into the game. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah. even drunk. <laughs> or, even, or even drunk. So, I mean, this shows you what a focused Tim Riggins can do. Yeah, he can kick some ass. Yeah, I mean, he took over the football game. Like, where did this come from? Even Eric was like, I don't know where this came from. I don't know who this guy is, but this guy gets the game ball. You know? <laughs> you take it. <laughs> yeah. So, um,. So this is kind of a, of a of a big thing, and um, what did you? What were your thoughts when you were kind of seeing this go down throughout the episode? Like, was there anything that you picked up on, or thoughts just to kind of jotted down or anything? I just thought it was really great that they're finally taking this turn with Tim because it's kind of been you know it's been seven episodes of him. He's always been a drinker and. He just seems to be kind of in Jason's shadow. Like, even as a drunk football player, he's still as good as the other football players. And I've always been curious to see what he would be like at, like, full soberness, full power. And I think he could definitely be Jason Street if he put his mind to it. Well, he's certainly athletic enough. And as, as an athlete, I mean, you can... Well, I mean, first of all... Um, he he can do anything physically that pretty most of the other players could do, but he just doesn't have the focus. And this episode was just one of those shining moments where you say, "Now, nah, if he could just do that every day, imagine for yeah. a second what that could be." Yeah, he could be quite a contender coming down the road. Well, he could be you know 
uh, colleges would recruit him. He would be recruited by places all over the country. I mean, he would have his pick of colleges if he wanted to. Yeah, something tells me he's going to make that list, and Smash definitely isn't. Oh, yeah, well, Smash. Um, I guess oh, Smash. I guess that's a nice little segue into Smash. So what happened, uh, what happened with Smash this week? Well, it started out good with him. Like, he met that recruiter guy and talked to Lucas, and he showed off during practice. He was fine during practice. He was great doing his thing, being confident. And then it starts kind of seeping into his mind slowly. Like, you see him pouring through a playbook. He doesn't study. And he's just, it's weighing on him. The pressure's getting to him that this could be his shot, and it just kind of breaks him. Well, he really caves under the pressure, basically. Yeah, I wrote down that he should talk to Matt and they could go beat up a car together. <laughs> like, seriously, I mean, just take some of that aggression, get some of that uh, anxiety out of his system. Yeah. Um, but it, it's such a, a sad thing because, you know, okay, so it probably kind of goes the same for all sports, but, like, I play a lot of tennis, okay? And in tennis... Um, there's this uh, well, there's this thing called pressing in tennis. Basically, it's the equivalent of what Smash did. It's where um, you're not out there letting things be organic, okay? Um, or the better uh, way to describe it is not letting it flow, okay? So, like when you're out there playing and you're not consciously thinking, you're feeling the moment. Um, that's when you play your best, right? Because it's about just reflexes and doing and not thinking constantly. And that's what Smash did, unfortunately, was he thought, he caught, all game, he was probably thinking. The pressure was there. He was looking over at the sidelines. Even in the play, he was so, he was thinking so much, he was unsure of what to do. And yeah. that is the problem. Yeah, he wasn't in like I figure like when everything is organic and smooth and you're in your mind you're just letting things be and you're doing your best but he was completely out he was a somebody who was watching him from the outside and watching him tr and you know expecting something from him he wasn't just in himself and wasn't just letting himself do his thing yeah the natural thing, the natural instincts as a yeah. as a player and as a running back that he displays every day at practice and in pretty much every game, um, he just abandoned them, um, and that's that's the sad part for this episode is it's not about the it's not about Grady's list, which is what Eric was saying, which is there's going to be dozens of Grady's coming through here in the next couple of years. Um, it's not about his list. It's about him going out there and doing what needed to be done to help the team. And in this moment, Smash started to think too much about himself and his opportunities. And just, you know, if he just did his job, the opportunities would take care of themselves. Yeah, like at the very beginning, he's talking to Hunt about like, yeah, I'm small and I don't really have much muscle, but I have the heart. And in the end... He's thinking about, you know, he's small and not very, you know, not super buff or anything like that. And he loses the heart. And, well, I mean, it's true. 
you know, so he goes, okay, so he goes through this whole episode, obviously he gets into the game, things don't go well, uh, as we said before, uh, Riggins is the one who takes over the game and really is this is smash for this game. Yes. Um, he's the star running back. He's the big guy uh, out there. And you can see Smash's face. He's so disappointed and, and probably extremely envious of this moment that Riggins is having because it's probably the one moment he regrets not having himself. Uh, all of all the moments he's had, all the great games, this is the one game he probably wishes he could have and have, you know, be maybe his best game he ever had. Yeah, he wishes he could just do as he always does and be a star, but just falls this time. Yeah. It's really hard to watch because he's so hard on himself and nobody can console him. Eric can't you know, help him see clearly and his mother can't even like bring him back from it. And he's just in a dark place, really dark. Well, it's like after the game, you know, he admits, he's like, look, um, I'm the breadwinner. I'm, I'm the one, you know, all the pressure on him is to take care of his family and to make sure that they are, you know, that he wants, I mean, ultimately, you know, I mean, if you're to ask smash, like what's, what's your goal? You know, he wants to go to college, he wants to get in the NFL, and he wants to take care of his mother. And yes. I mean, that you're talking about pressure regarding something that is, you know, at minimum six years away, you know, from, from even happening at all, being in the NFL. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, it's not your job to take care of your family. Like, you sh- no kid should have that pressure on them. But he puts it on himself because you know he's the man of the of the house. Yeah, and that's 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 why. Um, so that kind of leads to a really big dramatic moment. So uh, I think this is a pretty good time to talk about your uh, your heart on moment for your heart on moment for the uh, <laughs> uh, for the episode. Yeah, that was certainly my heart on moment because I I didn't expect it. Like I expected Smash to you know, internally beat himself up and maybe push himself too hard at, like, the gym or something, I did not see him turning to drugs coming. So when I saw that little bottle that says anabolic steroids, I was, my heart just sank. I mean, like, uh, it's gonna blow up in his face so hard, and I, I'm i scared he's gonna lose any chance he has at a future, and if that happens, it's just gonna be terrible for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens in the future, but it is not something that uh, you want to see happen with this character. It it shows you what he's the desperate measures he's being driven to, and by all but all in his mind, you know. And I think the worst thing he could have done was go to Grady after the game. I mean, it was such a sign of desperation to knock on his door. And to try to what plead his case, and you know, well, I want to make the list, and da da da. And, and, and look, I mean, this guy's a scout, he's got to do what he's got to do, and he's got to tell the truth. And um, it's just it's not, it's to, to have Smash hear what he said, it, it's obviously you know, made him go to great lengths to do whatever he has to do to succeed. Yep. And I could definitely feel like when he says the list will be out in January, that's pretty much like, yeah, you're not going to be on it. <laughs> no, I mean, after that performance, how could you be? Yeah, exactly. 
So it's yeah, such a, a very like a very heavy moment for for him. Just some not something that you want to see happen to someone like Smash, who is not a bad guy really, and he just he has a lot of potential. And if he would have just if you just believe in himself, that's all he needed to do. Yeah, I mean he's he's a good kid. He's a sweet guy and overly confident and cocky at times, but he's a good person. No, he's not. He doesn't deserve yeah. to do that to himself. No, he doesn't. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's like I said, that's such a, a huge amount of pressure for him, and uh, let's just hope that he gets his, you know, um, gets his head on straight and and figures out that that's just not necessary, you know, for him. Yeah, um, I think my favorite part of this episode was the Tyra and Billy stuff, though. <laughs> I love uh, that dynamic. So, uh, all right, so go ahead and take the lead and, and kind of run us down on how this all played out between Tyra and Billy. <laughs> when I first saw her and Billy talking at the strip club, I thought she was applying for a job. job. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, Tyra, no, this is your lowest point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you don't need to do this. You can still get good grades. <laughs> You're still in high school. You can't even be in there. Right, legally. But her sister works there. And I guess she's running by a um, party idea, or no, Billy's talking about, you know, parties and stuff like that, and she decides to make an anti-homecoming party. I liked that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, and she's clever about it, like, 20 bucks a pop, and, you know, you hire some strippers to be the hostesses, it's super smart, and... and uh, <laughs> I love that she ordered 22 kegs. That seems a little over the top. Well, like she said, last thing you want to do is run out of beer and party ends pretty quickly if that happens. True that. But I loved the business-like relationship they have at first, but there's a lot of chemistry there, it seems, too. She just had the wrong brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, the thing is, regarding... Um, I think this is kind of a moment where they're still trying, I think, to figure out exactly what to do with Tyra. Um, if you think about all her storylines so far, I mean, okay, so she's had, like, last week's storyline um, was, was good. Um, and... I just, but I just see her, they're like, I feel like they're actively like, what, trying to figure out what they got to, what do we do here with her? What do we do with her character? Like, what direction do we go in? Sorry. Cat, lay down. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, you used to just sleep through these. <laughs> just stay there. But yes. <laughs> Sorry, she's just like crawling all over me. Right. Uh, cats, man. <laughs> I mean, it's such a... But yeah, I mean, her character is... It's like she's... They're trying to figure out exactly where to take her. But that doesn't mean... You know, this was a good storyline, and I, I thought it was very entertaining, to, you know, to have them kind of team up. Uh, but they make an effective team, an odd team, but an effective team. Yes. And um, I calculated out how many people had to have been there for them to make like forty six hundred dollars there was 234 people at that party that's pretty crazy well you know it looks like if you look at the scene it looks like there was a ton of people there yeah so 
I mean, but that's like the beer and all that. And you got the strippers, and I don't know how much their cut is, but I mean, hey, look, at the end of the day, they're making some serious cash. Yeah, like at least a grand each at the very minimum. Minimum. Um, so that's going to fund Billy's, uh, alcohol for the next (laughs) couple of months, uh, at least. So I think he should be good there. Um, yeah, I really, I really, I really did like it though. I thought it was, it just, it was a funny storyline and it just shows you how smart she is. You know, she has all, she had it all planned out in her head and she knew it would work. Yeah, I love this episode. I love seeing Tyra and when she's not being a complete, you know, bitch. <laughs> yeah, like when she's... This is totally her and her element. Like when she's actually using her brain. Yeah. You know. Because she's got one. She's very clever. Yeah, she's smart. She just needs to use that more. Yeah. Should we talk about Matt and Julie? Oh, at the party. So, <laughs> yes, this is truly awesome Julie, uh, Matt, super sweet, uh action here um so matt's sitting there you know drinking out of a cup and julie comes over and sits down and they uh you know they start talking and um he just kind of blurts out like you could tell like yeah she asks him how the game went but he doesn't want to talk about that (laughs) no and he's been drinking so he's just gained just enough liquid courage that uh (laughs) that he blurts out you know hey we what do you think about going out with me? <laughs> we go out with me. Like, you don't have to. It's, a, it's actually a really bad idea, you know. And she, and, so cute. And she doesn't say yes or no, and I think we're kind of left to kind of wait and see how that actually plays out because we don't get a, an exact answer there. Oh, that smile on her face. Yeah. Well, it's, well, <laughs> it's a definite yes. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So, um, yeah, it doesn't take much to figure out that's going to be the answer. So, but I did love it because it's like oh, finally, thank you. You know, give, yeah, give these seven episodes in. <laughs> give these two a chance. Something. Um, I can't wait to see that day. It'll be the most cutest, awkwardest thing I'll ever see. Right? Seriously, it's like two baby deer uh, learning to walk for the first time. <laughs> seriously, it's like it's like Bambi and Bambi when he's like a little deer and he's trying to get up for the first time. He's like stumbling <laughs> left, stumbling right. That's like these two. In a nutshell. Yeah, they're so sweet. <laughs> and we get to see Landry again this episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so Landry, uh, yeah, so what did you think about that? That was pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. I love his um, talking to uh, talking to Matt in the car, and he's trying to convince him to ask out Julie, and then he has the line, go forth and multiply, and I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Eric wouldn't agree with that line. <laughs> right, seriously. Uh, as again, as as usual, uh, Landry's advice is less than great. <laughs> less than... <laughs> the asking out part was a good idea. Then you got too far. <laughs> yes, now all of a sudden we're procreating. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, not quite the jump that that uh, Matt was looking for. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it, it was a great. It was great to see Landry again. Um, of course, anytime he's in the show, it's just it's always a highlight because you know something's going to be hilarious with him involved. Uh, him just being there is funny. Like, yeah, it's, it's just his personality. Yeah. Um. So let me see here. There's something else I wanted to talk about. Does Lucas come back? Is he going to be uh, around for a while? No, no. I, can, okay. I I'm not going <laughs> to. I mean, I can tell you straight up. Yeah, don't do. He won't be back. 
Um, Good. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit more um, about Jason and Lila. So, okay. So we talked about like this whole, okay, so we talked about Jason like going out there, but we didn't talk about what a hard decision that is for him. Because he really struggles with this because, you know, he's he's in a bit of a funk again. Oh, obviously, you know, he just what he just saw. So he's a bit down. He's talking to this this uh, fellow, um, you know, crippled guy who, who's got um, – he's the one that, that doesn't have hands, right? Yeah, Stubby. So, yeah, Stubby. <laughs> and so he's, you know, Stubby's talking about, you know, obviously I think some girl, girl troubles or something. Uh, and Jason's not hearing anything he has to say. Nope. Sushi, man. Sushi. (laughs) So that's when Eric comes in and he asks to talk to Jason. So they sit down and he asks Jason, you know, well, he sits to talk to him, but then he asks him if he'd like to, you know, come to the homecoming and go out in the field and leave the team. And he's not really sure if he wants to do it. He he doesn't want to be a mascot. He doesn't want to be the the guy everybody feels sorry for. And uh, it's something that he struggles with. um, Not all episode, obviously, but I think for about half the episode. Yeah, and I bet there's a lot of fear there, too, that the second he goes out there, everyone's just going to, you know, stare at him and not know what to do and be awkward. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, like I said, it's such a hard thing. It's the first time he'll be in front of that many people since he got hurt. Yeah, like 15,000 people, they said. I wouldn't want to do that in my normal state. Right, imagine being in, like a, like, a situation like he's in where it's so tough. Yeah, where you're so vulnerable. Yeah. So, um... So it's a tough, such a tough decision, and it was. He even talked to his parents. His parents were split on it. His mom didn't want him to do it. <laughs> thought it was too soon. His dad was like, "Yeah, do it. Let's get back into you know normalcy and all that stuff." So, I think that's the first time we see his parents since the first episode, isn't that right? I think so. If we've seen them sent before that, I think it's fair. We're like background guy people, more like sp- very sporadic. Maybe even no dialogue, and you know. Yeah. Um. So, so Lila appears. It appears as though Lila, based on her decision from last episode, where she's like, you know, Jason's getting better. Appears like he's on the mend. Um, I I need to be there for him. We need to end this between her and Riggins. And it seems like she's you know following through on that. They have this bath scene where they're kind of just laying, you know, laying there and. Um, you know, talking and everything, and and uh, she seems to be pretty pretty happy at the moment with what she decided. Yeah, she feels pretty. She looks pretty content and happy with her decision. And the moments with her and Jason are pretty nice, actually. Like he does the one time he asks her, like, "Are you spending more time with Tim?" But then it just kind of disappears, and you can see it's still on his mind. But at the moment, he's just not gonna pre- press it. Yeah, and I, you can see almost a slightly worried look on Tyra's face, like, like why would he ask that question? Lila's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Lila. And that's just such a, it's a, it's a, it has to be a slight worrying moment, like, how would he know about anything, you know? Yeah. Why would he ask that question? What's up, what's up with that question? <laughs> Running through all the places she's been with Tim in the last, like, 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he's probing for something, and... Uh, just kind of probes a little bit and then pulls back. Um, yeah, so I think he's looking for like any sign that she doesn't love him anymore. Yeah, which I was a little surprised that you know I th- I thought maybe he's 
maybe initially I thought he was maybe more sure of everything, like for sure that they're, you know, sleeping together. Um, so I was a little surprised that maybe they didn't get into a fight or she didn't, he didn't start yelling at her, something like that, but um, that doesn't happen. So, um, yeah, it's such a, but it's such a big moving, a moving moment in its own way because you know how much pain he's got to be in just thinking about this stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. You gotta wonder if, like, even as he's with her then, if she's with him. Yeah, if he doesn't know, how would he know? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he could be, she could be leaving uh, the hospital and then go out. I mean, not that she hasn't done it already, but um, <laughs> leaving the hospital and, and just going straight to, to him. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he doesn't know what's going on there, but I guess, like, for now he's, you know, not gonna press it. Yeah, he's just kind of holding back, waiting to see what happens. I almost thought that um, when Riggins is handing him the football and he's kind of looking up at him, I I thought for maybe a moment it was going to be like, you think I'm your brother? Have you been sleeping with my girl kind of moment? Yeah, that would have been like really awkward, really, really awkward. Yeah, I'm like, please don't. (laughs) Now's not the time. Exactly. Um, And one thing that I wrote down here about Jason was that you know, Jason comes out with the team and everything, and I wrote, Jason's part of the team, but he's not part of the team. Yeah, you know? he's essentially their honorary member now. Yeah, so it's gotta be such a, like, it's such a hard thing, that whole game, after the game, everything. You know, probably nothing would make him happier than to just be able to, like, hop in the back of the truck with the guys, go cruising, hit the party, and, and you know, drink all night and have a good time, and... and it's such a completely different life for him now. Yeah, he has to be responsible and, you know, be in bed by a certain time and not... He can't drink, because I'm sure he's on lots of medication. Oh, yeah, tons of medication. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's shitty reality life. <laughs> I mean, it, it really it really stinks. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I mean, really, everything stinks in his situation. Like, he can't really, can't do what he loves, can't have sex, and he can't drink. Like, that's just not a fun teenage life. <laughs> no. Not for somebody that it was up on cloud nine for how long? Yeah. That's just brutal. Yeah. So does not deserve any of that. No. So true. Um, yeah, that, that this episode, I thought, was just really, really good. I, I loved it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was very, very moving. Um, I, I just really like how it's going so far. Yeah. Yeah, and there's lots of just development in this, ep- this episode with Tyra and with Smash. And we get to, you know, learn more about Tim's brother, Billy. Yeah, we do get to learn a little bit about them. You know, about what he had to go through with Tim. Um, what, it's t- what, it, what he's had to sacrifice in order to raise, help raise Tim with the parents gone. Yeah, like Tyra even said, like um, to him, I learned more about the Briggins family here in two minutes than I did with a year with Tim. Yeah, well, like she said, not a big talker. <laughs> so yeah, we know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, certainly wasn't talking. Well, at least not that kind of talking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, it, it's 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 hard, I think, for Tyra in a way to to be there in that ha- uh, house. Um, and see Tim walk in, and obviously he's improving as a person. And why couldn't yeah. why couldn't I get him to do that? 
Yeah, like I think she, when she heard he wasn't drinking anymore, there was definitely just like, really? You quit drinking kind of moment? And I think for she's impressed, but, you know, on the other hand, she's like, why couldn't she just like be like that with me? Like, what was the problem? Oh, I mean, obviously, that's not the level <laughs> of inspiration that Tim was looking for in his life. <laughs> uh, different kind of inspiration, I suppose. Different person, at least. So Yeah. They definitely weren't a good match. No. Um, so, okay. Um, is there anything else that you've jotted down? Anything else that you want to talk about? No, I'm just looking over them, and I think we touched on everything in the episode, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> there was one super cute moment I wrote down. Um, it was Jason talking to Lila on the phone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he asked her, Kermit or Miss Piggy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I that was that, adorable. That was, that was very funny. Yeah, I liked that a lot. That was good. That was good to see. And like, I had not since eighth grade, you dork. Like, I'm like, has he been seeing your underwear since eighth grade? I mean, that's some, that's some long term. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, you know, getting it on a lot earlier than I think that they would have. Uh, parents would have liked at least. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's yeah, I guess uh let's talk about ratings. I guess we can get into our rating of the episode. Um Yeah, so this one was really, really good. I liked it a lot. It had uh, a lot of big moments, a lot of very heavy moments character wise. Um it it's just solidly put together. Editing was great, shots were great, most of the characters got a little at least a little bit of time to shine and it paid off. Uh, so I gotta give this one a nine point one out of ten. <laughs> Very exact. <laughs> yes, I am going exact this week. I'm with you. I'm giving it a solid nine out of ten. Um, Beat you by a tenth. Yes. It would have been nine and a half, but if there's no Grandma Saracen, then they lose half a point. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I love that old lady. <laughs> I see. So yeah. Okay. Note to self, if there's no Grandma Saracen, it's going to be lower than a 10. <laughs> Always. But yeah, it was a fantastic episode. Like, I really like this episode. There's so much growth in all the, um, in all the characters. And... Conflict and everything. Yeah. And I love Tyra so much. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, I really got to see her in her element and shine. And I loved seeing that. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic episode. Excellent. Excellent. Um, all right. I mean, okay, so... This might seem a little shorter of an episode than we usually do, but honestly, I just it's it's not that this episode was lacking on things to talk about. It's just that um, everything really gelled together so well. Um, everything kind of fed into each other really well this this uh, episode, and um, I like the level of craft here you know, on display. And I think that it uh, it's really one of the standout episodes of season one. So, yeah, it's great, and really makes you anxious to see like what's to come, especially with Matt and Julie. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they, like, okay, does this work? <laughs> They're so cute. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think that really that really does it for the episode. Yeah, yep. it was soft as a T one hooker. <laughs> that's, that's right. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, um. So our next episode is actually what is our next episode? Our next. You're asking me. <laughs> okay, hold on. I can tell you. Uh, our next episode is 
what? Uh, no, no. It is full hearts. Oh. I think it's full hearts. Yeah. I accidentally hit on trailer, so I got out of that. <laughs> that was the no. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, no. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm wrong. It's crossing the line. Oh, dear. So, <laughs> yep. Crossing the line is is uh, appears to be a big episode. Oh, really? Uh, yes. So, we'll see what happens, won't we? <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Um, all right, everybody, uh, it appears like our, our review is done, and uh, so I guess we'll, we'll end the episode as we always do, and uh, so clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. All right, everyone, have a good night. Ha- have a good night. <laughs>